Hello and welcome. I'm Chris Neeland, host of Cult Brand Secrets. This podcast is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts and The Gathering. The Gathering is a Forbes top-rated business summit, and it's a masterclass for brand leaders hoping to reap the benefits of having hyper-engaged customers, prospects, and staff. In every episode, I present one of industry's biggest disruptors, a brand leader who is earning cult-like status by thinking and behaving differently than his or her mediocre peers. These brand leaders will share examples of how their companies, such as Marvel, M&Ms, Beats by Dre, Yeti, or the Dallas Cowboys, are spending their time and their resources creating advocates by enhancing their customer and their employee experiences in ways that make interacting with them irresistible. So check out all our episodes to gain access to the most impressive business leaders sharing their most important advice. Imagine if you had an opportunity to listen to Phil Knight speak like 50 years ago, before he had helped Nike become this global behemoth that we know it is today. Wouldn't you be really curious to learn about his philosophies on product development and marketing and community building? I know that I would. And that is why I was so stoked to hear from Todd Malini from Noble. He is creating a remarkable company and he's stealing share from Nike. And I appreciate that comparing him to Phil Knight is high praise, but you know, if the shoe fits, pun intended. Todd is just this incredibly capable and charismatic guy, and I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm excited for you to hear what he and his team are up to. Noble is what we call an emerging cult brand. That means that they have all the attributes of a cult brand. They're just simply too new for us to declare them an official cult brand. Yet, as you're soon gonna hear, they are well on their way. Despite their young age, they were just founded, I think in 2014, they have already achieved remarkable success. They are punching well above their weight. And a big reason for that is what Todd's gonna share and how he talks about culture fuels their growth. And they don't accept the idea that growth or success are what create your culture. I also really like Todd's origin story. From the very start of his career, he really focused on his passions and his unique abilities, more so than worrying about his compensation or joining some company whose reputation would enhance his resume. I find him to be an incredibly self-aware guy. He's mature and a true entrepreneur. Throughout this speech, you're not just gonna meet Todd. He's gonna introduce you to some of his customers and Noble's brand fans. And these introductions are gonna happen via a series of videos. And while those are certainly best suited for his in-person experience, I decided to leave those videos in here because even the audio is powerful to listen to. I know that you're gonna enjoy Todd's expertise and his enthusiasm as much as I do. He's just so genuine and authentic. I hope that those attributes become more contagious to more brand leaders. Lastly, one piece of advice, stick around till the end for the Q&A portion. He's gonna dive into some of the specifics around implementing big ideas. And I think you're really gonna enjoy that. Here's Todd. Noble is a training brand for people who work hard and don't believe in excuses. 
We make athletic footwear and apparel, and we work with some of the best athletes on the planet. And to many, it would appear that we go head to head with the most iconic brands in sports. But we've never looked at it that way. When we launched in 2015, we were a team of three. Now we're a team of nearly 200 and a community of millions from around the world. And I'm constantly asked, how have you maintained your culture during such rapid growth? Well, the truth is, it's been the culture that's fueled the growth, not the other way around. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. My name's Todd Melanie, and I'm the Chief Marketing Officer of Noble. And growing up, the idea of having to work for the rest of my life sounded horrible. But if I have to work, I guess I'll work in pro sports. At least that would be exciting. But when I got to college, my freshman year, plans changed. I was 18 years old, and my childhood best friend passed away. And he took his own life while we were on the phone together. I did everything I could in that moment to prevent it, but it was out of my control. And it would become a defining moment in my life. Myself and a small group of our friends started an endowment fund in his memory. And we give away scholarships to graduating seniors from our high school. And we funded the capital project to restore the high school gymnasium where he and I grew up playing sports. And through that process is where I learned for the first time what it means to truly love what you do. So I launched my first business. It was a surf apparel brand in memory of my friend. I built a website on WordPress. I had local surfers as sponsored athletes. And I used Facebook for marketing. And this is when you needed a college ID to log into Facebook. I would receive order notifications on my phone while I was in class. And I would scurry back to my dorm, package up the orders, and ship them from the college mailroom. I had it all figured out. I did that for about a year, learned an incredible amount, but most importantly, I learned that you can't do it alone. And at that point in my life, I became somewhat obsessed with entrepreneurship. I read dozens of books on company founders and startups. And I navigated the startup world of small town Rhode Island with my eyes wide open. And one day, in March of 2013, I connected on LinkedIn with somebody named Marcus Wilson. He had a background from MIT 
executive leadership at Reebok and in venture capital. And immediately, my antenna went up. So naturally, the first time we met at Starbucks, I built a pitch deck and I tried to sell him the tiny company that I was running at the time. Marcus politely declined, but we started to build a relationship. And he told me about Michael, his business partner, the former global creative director from Reebok. Having read enough books by now, I knew these two were winners. So I joined them to help bring their vision to life. And the nine years since have been the ride of a lifetime. We navigated two other business concepts, but by 2014, much of my energy was built on setting up the marketing infrastructure for Noble, a training brand for people who work hard and don't believe in excuses. We wore so many hats back then, but it didn't matter. We had limited budget, but the tools available to marketers were unlike previous generations. With social media and Shopify, you can connect with anybody in the world instantly. And that's exactly what we did. Growing up, I was always a little bit of a sneaker geek. And I understood deeply the connection that people can have with their footwear. And that they'd be willing to stay up at night outside of a footlocker to get a limited edition pair of Air Jordans. So the idea was to create that level of anticipation and bring it online using social media. And in January 24th, on January 24th, 2015, at midnight, we launched the Noble Trainer as a pre-order, and we were off to the races. By launching into CrossFit, we immediately became David to the Goliath brands of Reebok and Nike. And there was anticipation for how we launched product from the very beginning. If you didn't stay up until midnight to order your pair, you probably weren't going to get one. And that gave every customer a story. We were always extremely clear with our brand message. Our products will not make you fitter. That's on you, putting in the work every single day. And before long, it was obvious that that message was resonating. With fan clubs popping up and Etsy stores to order your personal pair of nobles, or limited edition styles being sold on eBay or Poshmark for three times the original price, our community was speaking to us. So in 2017, we launched our first marketing campaign, I Am Noble, to celebrate our rapidly growing and passionate community. I am a husband, father, and entrepreneur. 
hard as nails and I paint my nails. I'm vulnerable, strong, and now a little bit scarred. I was raised on work that makes you sweat. I'm grateful to be a mom. I'm always smiling and laughing. I am always looking on the bright side, even when it's dark. I believe in staying true to who you are. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. I believe in teaching my children to believe in themselves. I believe the ocean heals all wounds. I believe in attacking the mornings, even if I crash at night. And challenging yourself every day. I believe a day without movement is a day without life. And working out of my comfort zone. I believe in never compromising my core values and always being my authentic self. I believe a person without purpose is lost. In practicing what you preach. Talk less, listen more. All you have is your word. I like to do things the hard way. I love being challenged. I push my limits. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Mental fortitude outweighs physical strength. Always have faith. Never give up. I'm stubborn. I am not perfect. I am hardworking. I'm driven. I'm motivated. I'm competitive. I am coachable. I'm resilient. I am passionate. I am noble. I am noble. I am noble. I am noble. I'm noble. I am 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 noble. Including in that video are pro athletes, customers, and our team. Here's a more recent example of I am noble. In my culture, names are very important. It's not just what people call you, it's the opportunity to strive for this piece of identity that has been given to me by my family. Akintola means valor is enough for honor. Valor to me means having the bravery, having the courage to do things that are hard or make you uncomfortable. Having the courage to try is enough for honor, enough to look at yourself at the end of the day and know that you're striving for something greater. As I grew up and kind of grew into myself, so to speak, that meaning became more and more and more important as it relates to my identity. It's important to me to be unafraid to take risks. The reward is far greater than the disappointment of you trying and failing. Names aren't something to be ashamed of or to be embarrassed about. Names are part of your history. I am Tola. That's it! Let's go! I am Noble. I am Noble has become more than just a marketing campaign for our community. I Am Noble is the personal identification of the fact that we are each equal part contributors 
to the whole. That on any given day, through hard work, integrity, and resilience, anybody can be more noble than another. That you can be more noble than me, that I can be more noble than Tola, that Tola can be more noble than Marcus, and on and on it goes. And every day, it starts over. That's I am noble. And up until that point, we had really built our athlete roster organically. But as we leaned further into content and into storytelling, more than just our customers were taking notice. So too were the most well-known athletes in CrossFit. In early 2019, we met with Katrin David's daughter. The 2015 and 2016 CrossFit Games champion from Iceland. We sat in her living room and we told her about what we were building with Noble. And before we left that day, I handed Katrin the book Shoe Dog. This is the book of Nike. It's already been written. We're writing the story of Noble right now. And I would love for there to be a paragraph in that book about the conversation that we're having today. And it was the same week that Katrin decided to join us that we received a message from Tia Claire Toomey, Olympian, five-time fittest woman on earth, the greatest CrossFit athlete of all time. We paired Katrin and Tia with Brooke Wells, the homegrown face of our brand. And with these three, we could reach the entire CrossFit world. Now, a bit of background about CrossFit athletes is that they have uniquely large social media followings. These three each have three times the following of Mac Jones, who's the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. But as a brand born on social media, we have a very acute eye for what is authentic and what isn't. And any misunderstanding that our athletes are influencers, that doesn't sit well with us. And the More Than Influencers campaign was created. Instagram models. Influences. Athleisure. The world is screaming, look at me. Listen to me. Validate me. Well, that's not me. I am sacrificing and putting in the work every single day. 
I am not an Instagram model. I am much more than an influencer. I am an athlete. That is who I've always been. We traveled the world that fall, from Australia to Austria and Iceland. And we created a documentary film about the lives of these three powerful athletes. And we created the Fitness Film Festival, an event to premiere our work and to celebrate the work of independent filmmakers working in the space of training and fitness. But it wasn't the 700 people who waited outside on a cold November night to get into a completely unbranded warehouse in Brooklyn, or the 450,000 people who signed up for the product collection that we launched that week, or the 1.1 million people who watched the documentary film on our website within the first 24 hours that made that so successful. It was the tangible representation of our culture that was brought to life through product, through media, and through experience that made that campaign so special. And we went into 2020 with more momentum than ever. And then the world stopped. We had that momentary feeling of paralysis that we all did. And then we got to work. But how could we bring our community together when they couldn't physically be together? So we started posting at-home daily workouts that required no, equi no equipment. And we created the Chipper, a zero discount loyalty program that incentivizes our customers to engage with each other, with the brand, and to get active. We host weekly coffee chats where our VIPs hang out on Zoom with each other without us even being there. We have a virtual run club, and we created Noble Connect, a closed-door social group for our top 2,000 customers. Now, the members of the Chipper program over-index on every measurable marketing KPI you can think of. The average order value is through the roof. Their referrals never end. Their lifetime value and their speed to repeat purchase. That is how we use culture to drive growth. 2020 was also the final year of a decade-long partnership between CrossFit and Reebok. And with our momentum in our community, we were the perfect alternative to lead this sport into the future. And when we considered the opportunity, our why 
was clear. The methodology works. The athletes are world-class. And the community is real. But how can we bring our culture to this event? So we made the, the venue a character in our story by introducing the Noble Coliseum and wrapping it with the faces of hardworking athletes from all over the globe. We professionalized the athlete experience by introducing a locker room that created a world-class experience for all participants of the CrossFit Games. And we were simultaneously expanding our definition of training. While we were at the Games, we hosted a community event to watch Caleb Dressel, a noble athlete, former customer, who was in Tokyo winning gold medals and becoming the most decorated athlete of last year's Olympics. We signed Mac Jones, national champion and standout rookie quarterback for the New England Patriots. And we told the story of Scott Stallings, the fittest man in golf, as we launched a long-term partnership as the official training footwear and apparel of the PGA Tour. And here's how we've defined training visually. Sixteenth hole, par four. Three fifteen hole, two ninety five bunker cover. What's my start line? Slightly into the wind off the left. Pins back. I have to hit it solid. If it gets on the front, awesome. If not, I'm going to take the bunkers completely out of play and have an opportunity to pitch for two or three. That's my line. Once my shoulders turn, everything stops. I've trained for it. I know I'm ready for anything. My first step on deck, there's teammates, coaches, crowd, and then there's the water. Everything just starts fading more and more. The blinders get bigger and bigger and bigger. Out, out, out. There's nothing I can change as to what's about to happen. Step up. The hard part is done. The training is done. Take your mark. In that moment, it's you and the water. Just go blank. Let instinct take over. And enjoy the ride. There's always expectations.
corner. You can't play this position. Again. Again. High school. You're too small to play this position. Again. Again. College. You'll just be the backup. Again. Again. Expectations come from other people. I have goals. It's time to put in the work. You're listening to Cult Brand Secrets. We'll be right back. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Welcome back. Here's more of Cult Brand Secrets. And as we have our sights set on new categories like swimming or football, or golf. We do so through the lens of our culture, based in community, hard work, and no excuses. We do so through the lens of training. Training is creation and destruction at the same time. For many, it is an outlet. For few, it is an identity. Training is a tool. It can take you from who you are today to who you hope to become tomorrow. It can unlock mindfulness, generate wealth, and build communities. Training shows us what we are capable of and expands our boundaries. It reminds us that we are not fragile and it helps us find comfort in the uncomfortable. It shows us what we can accomplish with intention, with dedication, and with resilience. It prepares us for the unknown. It protects us from the unpreventable. Training is our meditative process of putting in the work. We can't tell you exactly what's next, but we know this is just the beginning. And we know that culture comes first. Thank you very much. Awesome, thank you so much, Todd. That was so great. Um, I'm so excited to be able to uh, chat with you a little bit this morning and ask you a few questions um, about that awesome uh, speech you just gave and what you're doing here. So I'm going to dive right in. Okay, so we, you, you talked about these are big, inspiring, awesome ideas. Um, I loved, uh, you know, creating the venue as, you know, a caricature and bringing those pictures to life. 
So that, you know, a lot of people in the room or listening, you know, when you, as you're a marketer or as a team, when you have these big inspiring ideas, sometimes they can seem a little out of the box or sometimes they can require an investment that maybe, you know, isn't clear on the ROI. So I'd love to know a little bit about how you guys approach that and how you think about it when you've got an idea or where you're inspired by something and you're not entirely sure about, you know, what the exact outcome is going to be and how, how you think about taking those leaps. Well, it sounds like you just described the definition of entrepreneurship. And we've been very comfortable with a huge level of risk, really, in everything uh, from the beginning, even before Noble. Um, and, it, and we kind of thrive on that. Um, but to your point, as we've scaled, um, it's really important that we have a clear, measurable strategy. Um, and there's a balance between brand first and, uh, you know, not being reckless, right? Um, but the amazing thing about Noble, and I didn't uh, touch on it here today because there's only so much time, but Noble is also a bootstrap business um, by Marcus and Michael. Uh, we didn't have venture capital when we started this business, so we were profitable from the very beginning, and every single dollar that we spent uh, was cash flow positive and had to be ROI positive within 30 days. And we've taken that approach from 2015 uh, all the way until now. And now there's more complexity in it, right? Because we're layering in, you know, significant long-term investments like PGA and CrossFit and others. Um, but with the tools of marketing that are available now, you really can find direct response performance marketing in most elements of partnership. And that's where having proper integration between brand and performance marketing is so critical. I love that conversation. And it kind of, it does lead me maybe to the second sort of topic that I would dive into a bit there, which is this idea of, yeah, so there's brand and there's performance and there's culture. And one of the things that I've found interesting is this balance of the team that you bring in house and then the agencies and the partners that you have. And so sometimes you need the expertise of, uh, you know, an agency with either performance or with brand, but there's also this balance of the culture really being, uh, you know, held with the team. And so um, I'd love to hear a little bit more what you think about that and how, how you balance that with your brand. We probably don't balance it enough um, because every piece of content that you just saw here was produced by our in-house team. Uh, zero agencies, and there are zero scripts in anything you just saw. Those were all born out of real conversations with these athletes talking about their lives and about training. And on the marketing side, we have very, very few agencies. We do all of our paid in-house. Um, one of the business concepts that we had before Noble was a marketing and design agency. So it was actually my responsibility to operate digital marketing for clients. Um, from all different industries. So we had a broad breadth of experience that allowed us to be operators. Because a lot of times what happens with young companies as they grow is you do have to outsource and you do have to invest in agencies or other partners to help you scale. Uh, we had a lot of that expertise in-house with our early team members, some of which are here today. Um, and because of that allowed us to be extremely, extremely efficient and be profitable from the beginning, which is A, really hard to do, um, but even harder with the industry that we were in and the level of competition that was all around us. 
Wow, that's that's awesome to hear. And so um, as you think about that for both your team and who you're working with, you know, obviously authenticity, you know, continues to be a, a theme with, uh, with, with Noble and with yourself. How, uh, so then how do you think, uh, how, how have you tried to protect sort of that authenticity with the team or even with your, your partners and your influencers as you've scaled? Because it, um, it does get time intensive and a little bit trickier as you scale everything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really challenging, right? So with our athletes, we, we have a relatively small um, athlete roster. And we have Kurt Majit, who's here today with us, who led the workout at 6 a.m. this morning. I'm not sure if I, yes. Some of us were there, um, but we really build a relationship with every athlete before they, we sign them um, to get to know them, to make sure that, the, and, and here's the thing about being a noble athlete is you can have 2,000 Instagram followers and be an amazing fit and 2 million and we're not interested. Like there's no correlation there for us. It's about who are you as a person? What is your character? And what are you bringing to your community around you that connects with who we are. Um, and that's a really high bar, um, but it matters to us deeply. The way sports marketing is set up these days is completely different than 10 or 15 years ago, where you're just paying for market share on the field of a particular sport. We don't think about it that way. And that's proven to be really successful and really efficient. Brooke Wells, who I referenced, when she signed with us, Noble had 2,000 Instagram followers and she had 5,000. She has almost 2 million and we have one point whatever at this point. Um, and it's been a growth journey together. And then as it relates to our internal team, and for me, with the way our company has grown, like my job has changed so dramatically from literally hitting posts on Instagram and sending the emails and coding the first website to being here at this event and you know doing my best to represent what the noble culture means. And I would be lying if I said I had that perfectly figured out, but what works for me is to just try to live up to the brand in my own life as a person and hope that that's an example for the team that we're building and give them pointers uh, you know, when I have them. I love it. And uh, one of the things you said that that's so interesting is that um, obviously, as you know, you go through your career, you, you often start and you're very hands-on. I love hearing about the WordPress. I like to tell people I was old enough that I started coding with action scripts. So if you don't know what action script is, you're not of my age. Um, <laughs> but um, so you, you know, you, you sort of grow in your career and you talk about like the changing of your role and what your focus is. Is there anything that you feel like you stay close, try to stay really close to, you know, sort of like to dipping down or to stepping back to things you, you used to do to help yourself, you know, as you do take on the bigger challenges and look at the, you know, the brand as a whole? Uh, that's a great question. Um, my team could probably <laughs> answer that yeah, better. Maybe I should ask them. Yeah, <laughs> better than I can. Um, but the, the reality is everybody who is in our, you know, our marketing or content team, or they're all better at it than I am anyway. So like, I try not to do that, but at sometimes, you know, I do poke my head in, um, but you know, it, it, it's a challenge, right? Okay, so content marketing, which obviously you guys are doing such an incredible job at. One of the questions that I often, you know, as uh, we see channels expand and, and um, different platforms come up, there is this, um, like you said, you know, there's this balance because content marketing can, there's a lot of effort to create it. 
And there's a, there's a lot of variance in the channels that it's going out to. And so I think sometimes brands, it's, you know, do you think about the content first? Do you think about the channel first? And I'm, I'm assuming with you guys, you're definitely thinking about the whole content first. But how do you guys kind of bridge that gap between the content that you're trying to create and the channels where the community is going to be? Yeah, you have to do both. And that's something that we're, we're learning just like everybody else. I mean, I think what I try to remind uh, the team is that the only constant in digital marketing is change. So don't get hung up on exactly where we are right in this moment. Um, just be nimble and be fluid and try to optimize for where we're going instead of where we are. And for us, from a storytelling perspective, uh, we try to tell really powerful stories that give people goosebumps and make them feel a connection to Noble that strengthens their, their own identity. Like that's the goal. And there are all different mediums and forms to tell that story. So we've done long form content like documentaries. We're gonna do tons more of that. But then we also have social media, which is really a chopped down version of the bigger story. And how can you tell that using whatever the medium is, and we've heard from TikTok, and, and obviously there's so many others, um, to try to meet the customer where they are, meet the audience where they are, um, and be open to feedback. Like that's the beauty of uh, today is that there's real-time feedback all the time and you can't ignore it. Um, it helps you get smarter. Um, we certainly don't have it all figured out. And my hope is that we'll be much better five or 10 years from now than we are today. Yeah, I love that because you guys actually do as well feedback like with your athletes. It's, it's a really important part of the process for you. Totally. And, and with, your, with your customers and with your personalization. So tell us a little bit about, you know, why that matters to you and how that matters to you. And then I, and I go and then to the question too of how you think about scaling, how you've thought about that scaling um, over the years as your audience has grown um, and sort of any, anything on tools or, or, you know, practices that you have there. Well, yeah, so a lot of, a lot. In a lot that there, one. that's a big question. Yeah, a lot in there. Um, I mean, I would say it's just maintaining who we are as a brand and, and knowing who we are and then using the tools that are available. And from a personalization perspective, like there's a million, um, I mean, a billion of, you know, the digital tools out there. Uh, thankfully, I couldn't tell you all of the ones they are anymore, but uh, we, use, we use tons of them. We're still on Shopify. Um, we've got a lot of, you know, uh, plugins and, and tools that allow us to customize that experience. We'll continue to do that as long as we can. And interestingly enough about Shopify is, if you would have asked us five years ago, we probably said we would outgrow it next year or the year after or the year after. Um, but they've been so fluid in keeping up with where brands like Noble are going and delivering for us such that we've been able to stay and scale there. Um, like you know, some of the peer brands that we have here today and integrating with a lot of the other tools that are out there for data and analytics and cohort analysis and, you know, email and SMS and, you know, all of the, the tools that digital marketers need. Awesome. Um, okay, so when we talk about culture and uh, culture comes first, um, there are generally rituals and practices and you talk about training. And so how do you think about, if you were to take a look at your week or your month with your team, are, are there rituals or practices that you guys have in place to keep that, that culture alive and as, as you work together? Yeah, we, I mean, really it just comes down to working out together. 
as much as we can. And in the early years, so our first office was just a 2,000 square foot warehouse outside of Boston. It was, a off, it was our office and it was our warehouse. We shipped all of the product ourselves for the first year, like literally us packing up the shoes and shipping them out as, and doing customer service as long as we possibly could. And we had plyo boxes, so wooden box jump boxes that we had used for the retail booth uh, in 2015, when we launched that you saw there, that we just used that as our furniture. Um, so we sat on the boxes, we took other ones and we put an eight by four plywood on it and that was our desks. And then the other half of the space was a gym. So we put in a rig where we could do pull-ups and squats and push-ups, and we'd literally be doing jump rope and double unders in between our desks, like sweat flying on. It was like gross, um, but it was awesome, you know. And and that kind of was like really the nucleus of what the culture, how it started, and it scaled from there. Now we've got a much bigger office. We're building a new HQ, which will have a state-of-the-art world-class training facility where we want people to sweat together. The thing about training and working out, as the people who are here at 6 a.m. this morning know, is that when you suffer with people, you build bonds through that. And when you are in pain, you feel a sense of resilience and the endorphins that are unleashed in your brain make you feel better about yourself. And what Noble is trying to do is connect with that moment of feeling better about yourself, because then you're willing to invest in it through your time, through your energy, and through your identity. And, and that's, what, that's where Noble lives and breathes. And that's what we try to build within our team and we hope to in the future. It, in COVID, we had you know, Zoom workouts every week. You know, we, we've done it all. I love it. I, I did not make it to the 6 a.m. I, I apologize, but I, I, I'm, I applaud everyone who did. And I, I love to hear about the working out together. It's so cool. Um, okay, so I also know you talked a little bit about drops. And um, I think you guys might have some drops coming up. We do, yes. So oh, our okay. biggest product launch of the night of the year Ooh. is tonight. Uh, Noble Floral Shop. Um, they're pretty amazing. And we've got incredible styles and great stories. And, and we just launched uh, our UK website as well. Um, so we've been definitely multitasking this week, um, but it seems like it's gonna be an amazing success. And so you guys do those at, at midnight and, and you have quite a process around them. And that's been something that's been really successful for you in your community. Um, and so tell, tell us a little bit more about that and, and sort of how that came to be. Yeah, so I mean, it was literally just I was a sneakerhead growing up. People wait in line at midnight at Foot Locker to get their pair, and then they sell them or keep them. But they're willing to do it because the feeling they get or the identity they connect to their footwear. So when we were launching Noble, and I remember the conversation Marcus, Michael, and I had a few weeks before the launch in January of 2015, it was like, look, we can do that. We can bring that online. And it, you know, obviously there are tools and apps to do that now with you know, uh, Bleach Report Kicks and Goat and all of those other things, but we were doing it direct to consumer within the space of training, and it hadn't been done before. But the idea of creating uh, anticipation for footwear launches, where well, it's not new, we didn't create that. We just took our own identity and spoke to a very specific audience um, and they were up for it. And by doing that, we were doing it differently. We weren't, we, we, like, we weren't paying attention to it, but we were doing it totally different than Reebok and Nike, who are the only two other brands that were speaking to CrossFit. And Nike launched Nike training the same month that Noble, we launched our business. So by Nike investing into a category, 
it grows it immediately. Um, and we immediately became an underdog alternative using the tool, the only tools we had, we had no budget, you know, um, and, and we did it our way, you know, and people really connected with it. And we've evolved it, of course, like um, it's the product launch strategy is more comprehensive now. All of our VIP members um, of the Chipper program get early access. So that's a huge, actually that just went live. Um, so, you know, hopefully it's going well. Um, but, uh, you know, things like that, we've evolved it, but we still try to keep that level of anticipation and scarcity. Oh, that's so exciting. So, okay, so the Chipper program just, uh, they've, they've gone live for there. And so, yeah, um, I loved hearing about what you pivoted during the pandemic to continue to bring people um, together. Um, so how, you know, what pieces of that are you guys thinking and that you're taking forward and that you're going to continue using? And, um, as IRL is back, um, we're all together again. Um, how do you guys think about, um, you know, really focusing on that space as well? Yeah. So it, you know, of course we're in a new space. Thank Thankfully, we're back together. Um, you can't replace that. But we can also take components of what connects people digitally and weave that into in-person connections. And, um, you know, by building local chapters, whether it's a, you know, Noble Run Club in Miami or a flagship store in London, we can build pockets of tribes that are physically together. Or if you're in a remote area that's not quite available to you, you can also participate and jump in digitally, and it's both. I loved what you were talking there, too, with the Zoom chats about the fact that um, you guys weren't even on them. And it's really about that authenticity and that connection yeah. that really matters. And so... Um, Today, we're going to wrap up now, but I think my, you know, sort of my last question is, you know, you shared so much um, about your brand that's been so inspiring to this audience. Um, you know, maybe is there one last thing on authenticity and um, sort of scaling or just that you would share with the brand, with the, with the team here um, today and how they move forward? Yeah, just, I mean, find something that you love and go after it with everything you have. That's, that's it. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Todd. Cool. Thank you. I think it's absolutely brilliant how Noble has aligned so seamlessly with CrossFit. It's just a perfect marriage because the CrossFit community has the same ethos and the same values as Noble, but that community was already much more established when Noble started. And that community needed a shoe and an apparel brand to more fully represent who they are and what they stand for. As we heard, Todd's brand and marketing strategy masterfully employs multiple cult brand principles, and they have fully embraced this insurgent mentality that's just so vital when taking on incumbents as capable as the Nikes and the Adidas's and the Under Armors of the world. I don't really have time to elaborate on each cult brand principle, but if you take something like picking a fight, that's just so similar to some of the common challenger brand marketing strategies that Noble is so good at. And his fitness film festival really fully exploits the cult brand principle of congregate, as does that Noble Coliseum that they provided for the CrossFit Games. I'm also a big fan of their loyalty program, which leverages the cult brand principle of co-creation. It's not just some points or discount vehicle as well as their Noble Connect program, which is like this really legitimate insider's club. 
think above all though, what I really hope you got most from Todd's remarks is that he and his team are community builders as much as they are product makers or brand marketers. It's clear that they are growing their business by shining a bright light on the users of their brand and the people that they hope to serve in the future. And it's that sort of focus that is really helping them fire on all cylinders today. It's their commitment towards their core customer that I find so amazing. And that homage that Todd gave at the end to training, it was just so poetic and beautiful. It's just this ode to all of those people that love to train. Do you have something similar? Have you written some sort of a love letter to your best customers? If not, I think that you should. Until next time. You've been listening to Cult Brand Secrets, where we share the best insights gleaned from The Gathering, an annual summit for brand leaders eager to make their companies more successful and more significant. Learn more about The Gathering at cultgathering.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate and review us in your podcast app. Cult Brand Secrets is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Special thanks to our producer and audio engineer, William Pritz, as well as our executive producers, David Moss and Bridget Coyne. I'm your host, Chris Nealon. Thanks for listening. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.